Y'all, I was finally leaving the hospital yesterday after that whole table incident last week. And you will never guess what happened. I bumped into this dude, and he was kind of limping a little. And I, I looked at him, and I was like, no way, that's Mac Jones. And I couldn't believe it because I'm, I'm in St. Louis, and he just got injured in New England on that same day. So I asked him, Mac, what are you doing here, man? Like, didn't you just sprain your ankle in the Ravens game? Like, not just like two hours ago? And you'll never believe this. I swear you never will. But he just stares at me for a second. And then dude pulls out a speaker, throws on some NBA young boy, and just starts grittying away from me at the speed of sound. So I guess his ankle is okay. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's oh my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome back. Week three. It was full of interesting things, uh, both on and off the field. The NFL finally put the Pro Bowl out of its misery after about a decade of it being a complete and utter joke. Uh, And I actually really like the idea of a flag football game a lot, too. I think it helps everyone play at full speed without really having to worry about getting injured. And personally, I do have a deep connection to flag football. I was a standout at defensive end for my fraternity's flag football team during our intramural season when I attended college at the University of Oklahoma, uh, Boomer Sooner. But uh, I would be flying off the edge. I was always winning my reps against the linemen. You know, I never recorded a career sack, but those are just, those are an overrated stat anyway. Uh, I never, ever once saw someone get injured playing flag football, however, and we were all playing very, very hard, except for that one game where we forgot to bring any water but we won't count that one. Anyway, my point is I am very excited to see players actually be excited to play in this game because it has been very obvious for the last few years that nobody really wants to be there. So hopefully this helps turn the tide on that. And uh, in other news, moving on, quarterback injuries are a growing theme this year around the league. Trey Lance, Dak, and Zach Wilson were out entering week three, and Justin Herbert played through a very, very tough injury that he suffered against the Chiefs, a bad rib injury. Uh, He got that on Thursday night football last week. This week, however, Mac Jones ended up leaving the Ravens game with an ankle sprain, uh, and apparently he headed straight to St. Louis. But uh, Tua Tagovailoa also left his game with a concussion. He did return. Maybe, maybe he suffered a concussion, I should say. Allegedly, he suffered a concussion. Uh, Dolphins are saying he did not, but he did lead the game. The NFL is investigating whether or not he should have returned, uh, whether or not he should still be in the concussion protocol. So that is all a little bit interesting. I know he did not participate in practice uh, today on Monday. Speaking of investigating, let's investigate how I and my guest picker from our last episode, Mark, did this week on our starts and our sits. Uh, Let's go over our misses first, as always. Uh, We will go over mine first, and not to toot my own horn here, but I really didn't have a big miss. Uh, I did pretty well this week. The only sit that I missed on was Dallas Goddard, who snuck into the end zone to turn around an otherwise really slow night. Uh, My starts weren't half bad either, but I was very disappointed that Juju and the Chiefs just didn't take as much advantage of the Colts' secondary as I felt they probably could have. Uh, Juju still managed 13.9 points. However, 
Tyler Higbee wasn't nearly as involved this week as I thought he would be. He managed an efficient four receptions for 61 yards, which is good for 10.1 fantasy points, but the target share just wasn't there compared to weeks past. Uh, lastly, for me, Derek Carr, he was okay, but I had really high expectations for him. He managed 19.8 points against the Titans defense, a performance that was surprisingly good for sixth among all quarterbacks this week. A pretty rough week for quarterbacks in fantasy overall. Now let's talk about Marky Mark and his funky picks for a bit. That's a reference to Mark Wahlberg's rap group from the 80s for those of you who are unfamiliar. Bonus comedy tip here too, always explain your jokes immediately after you make them. Uh, that will really help your audience stay engaged. Anyway, Mark got skewered by David Montgomery getting injured really early on in the Texans game, but I think that pick would have worked out really well if he had ended up playing that full game. The Goff pick, uh, the one that we promoted on Instagram with that beautiful reel made by our super talented graphic designer, Alec. Yeah, that one unfortunately didn't work out super well either. Goff had a really solid first half, but that Lions offense stalled out completely in the second half, and he unfortunately got picked off on a potential drive to win the game, finishing with just 13.9 points. Uh, that was good for QB 19, I want to say. Interestingly, if he had not been intercepted, he would have finished about QB 13, so bummer on that one uh george kittle didn't quite live up to mark expectations either recording four receptions for just 28 yards against the broncos uh mustering just over six points mark missed on two of his sits as well unfortunately both coincidentally members of the nfc east terry mclaurin and ezekiel elliott uh, i just actually finished watching zeke's performance on monday night football and he was very efficient scoring his first touchdown of the year despite still being in a very heavy touch split with Tony Pollard, who carried 13 times to Zeke's 15 and led the team in rushing with over 100 yards. I uh, very much understand the fundamentals of Mark's pick there. I think he really thought that Zeke would continue his slow start against the Giants, who have been a really solid rushing defense, but they got abused by the Cowboys on the ground this week. Uh, really great game for the Cowboys rushing the ball. McLaurin, much to my own relief, managed to, I, I started him in the offsides league this week I got smacked anyway though uh he managed to get involved in the late stages of the commander's first loss of the season despite a super quiet start to the game uh he put up 16.2 points and finished as receiver 24 for the week and uh that is all of our misses for the week so let's talk about the hits baby uh Mark was on the money with his Cortland Sutton start as Sutton remains the only half decent fantasy player in the Broncos offense through three weeks they have been disappointing Javante Williams just isn't off to a great start. Russell Wilson is struggling. Jerry Judy is not really getting involved as much as I was hoping for. Uh, that offense is going to turn it around eventually, but it has not happened yet. Uh, Sutton, though, he led the team in targets and yards and put up 17.8 points. Uh, Mark also hit on his prediction for Tua this week, as the Dolphins only passed 18 times in their win over the Bills. Uh, he did tell you to sit Tua. So speaking of that game and moving on to my hits... Tyreek Hill was completely ineffective, posting just 5.3 points, just one week removed from a 40-plus point fantasy game. Uh, and as I predicted, the Bills just game-planned around Hill, and they restrained him from having a very significant impact on that game. It was mostly Jalen Waddell. He was very successful in that game. Uh, Russell Wilson became the third quarterback in a row to get held to less than 15 points by the 49ers as the Broncos won in a punt fest that included Jimmy G walking out of the back of the end zone for a Dan Orlovsky-style safety. Uh, James Conner uh, also struggled against a Rams defense that has been really, really good against the run this year. The last of my hits, 
was one start that worked out big time, my only start that really worked out big time, uh, and that was Damian Pierce, who totaled over 100 yards and scored on the ground in their loss to the Bears. He is still not up to the full snap count I expect for him either. He's playing just 59% of their snaps last week. Uh, Rex Burkhead and him are still sharing too much time. I think they really need to give it all away to Damian Pierce. He is the future there. Let's just have him play at least 70% of the snaps. Uh, let's move into one of my favorite segments that we do on this podcast, buying or selling. And if you are new around here, this is where we go over some of hot takes and big performances that I've seen from the first few weeks and whether I'm buying or selling it. And let's start with a big performance from the very same Bears and Texans game we just talked about with Damian Pierce. David Montgomery left the game after just three carries and Khalil Herbert took over from there. He was very, very effective. He carried for over 100 yards. He got two scores, 30-point fantasy performance that was good for second best among all players. Uh, really great game. Herbert also makes my waiver wire report this week, which you can check out on offsidesnetwork.com. That should be up by the time this is. Uh, and because of the 22 total carries he received, that's why he's on my list. That is more carries than Monty has received in either of the first two games of the year. And the Bears, they are just desperately looking for a start. And it really showed in the way that they used Tristan Ebner and and Herbert in the first half. I uh, almost said Justin Herbert there. In the first half, immediately after Monty's injury, they played almost the same number of snaps in the first. Khalil Herbert saw 16 to Ebner's 13. But in the second half, Herbert ran away with it 22-2 to as the Bears really just rode the hot hand. Until Justin Fields can figure it out as a passer, the Bears are going to be extremely run-heavy, so Herbert should see increased touches even if Monty doesn't miss time. I am absolutely buying on Khalil Herbert. Next up, let's swing over to Vegas and talk about another breakout game. Uh, Mac Hollins had a fantastic night for the Raiders, grabbing eight catches for more than 150 yards. Career night for him. He found his way into the end zone as well. I just wouldn't be running to the waiver wire to grab him yet, though. Uh, Hollins has been in the league since 2017. He's 29 years old. He has never caught more than five passes in a game before this Sunday. Uh, it is very important to note that Hunter Renfro also missed this game due to a concussion, and Hollins was able to step in as their receiver two, kind of third option in that receiving game overall behind Devontae Adams and uh, Darren Waller. But I wouldn't expect Hollins to stay at this level once Renfro, re Renfro returns. I'm selling this performance. We'll keep it with receivers here for our next one, who is Chris Olave, who had a huge game and once again saw 13 targets leading the team. Olave has already become the Saints' go-to option in the receiving game, and I think that he will only continue to grow into that role. I wouldn't expect 100-plus every week, but I fully expect him to average 10-plus targets a game this year. If you have Olave, I think you could feel 100% confident putting him in your starting lineup every week. I am absolutely buying this performance as well. Moving on, uh, let's stay in the same game as the Chris Olave one and keep talking receivers here with DJ Moore. DJ Moore has been a pretty bad to start this year, uh, but I do have faith for a turnaround. I think he's a really stellar buy low candidate right now, given his lack of production. He is still playing the most snaps of all Panthers receivers, running the most routes, and he led the team in targets last week. So I think there is a lot of potential for DJ Moore to turn this around. He's been great throughout his NFL career. I don't think his talent just went away. Uh, I think you could probably orchestrate a trade for him without having to give up too much. I'm selling on DJ Moore's early performances, but the rope is getting pretty short. Uh, running out of time for him to turn it around. Let's talk about a running back who had a really, really nice game last week, and that is Ramondre Stevenson. 
Ramondre Stevenson really got going this week with 12 carries for 73 yards and a score in a very nice fantasy outing. He's been a really tight rotation with Damian Harris, but he did manage to see back-to-back drives to get him into the two-minute drill at the end of the first half, which is a really good sign for Stevenson and points towards the Patriots trusting him just a little bit more than Harris. Uh, I think their offense is a lot more effective with him in, and they're really slowly starting to realize that. So I expect a lot more touches for Stevenson over the next few weeks. I'm absolutely buying this performance as well. And that will wrap us up for today. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. I really hope you have a great work week, and I'll see you back here on Thursday for some week four starts and sits. You guys have a great day, and take care. I am out of here. He is someone to watch. I'm right here right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a pick. That's oh a my pick. goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it.